The following recording is a presentation of the Brian Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome you to visit our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our service of Berean Baptist Church. This one is the light of the world. So John 8, 12. John chapter 8, verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Let us pray. My Father in heaven, what a privilege it is to be here to preach your word. Lord, I pray for our pastor and Pam and the difficult times that they're going through. Pray for the Abshire family, Lord, that you will keep them safe on the road if they are traveling. Pray for Patsy's uh, dad and pray that he, if, if he's not saved, that this experience will bring him to you, Lord. We pray for every member in this church. Pray that you will give us the wisdom to continue to do your work, to make sure that your word goes out. We pray for our missionaries overseas. Pray that you will give them a good return on their labors, Lord. Pray that you will continue to bless this church and bless every member and bless the preaching of your word. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the most famous illustrations that the word of God uses is, is to show the difference between righteousness and unrighteousness, between good and evil, between truth and error, is the difference between light and darkness. The Gospel of John especially uses this illustration over and over again to magnify the Lord and to demonstrate to this lost and dying world that true life without Christ doesn't exist. In John 1 verse 4 we read, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. You notice how life and, and light go together? Without light there is no life. Every person on this planet has received enough light, enough revelation from God, that if they stop and think about the Creator, they can find Him. Even though an unsaved man is spiritually dead in trespasses and sins, he is physically alive, and he does have the capacity to reason and to put ideas into action. And this is why you find people in remote places around the world worshiping something, anything from an animal to a statue of wood or stone somewhere. How is it that an uncivilized, uneducated bushman in the jungle, out in the desert, middle of nowhere, how is it that he knows that is that is wrong to steal? How is it that he knows that is wrong to sleep with his neighbor's wife? How does he know these are the Ten Commandments? Nobody told him that, but he knows somehow. Your conscience is, is, is like a warning device that the Lord has provided for you. And every time you violate your conscience, you are ignoring and rejecting the light. 
Every time you ignore the preaching of God's word, you are rejecting a spiritual light. God has placed plenty of signs along the road of your life. And every church, even a fake church, a phony church on every corner, is a signpost that you can look up for direction. What about the Bible? You know, in the good USA, we have no excuse. Everybody has access to the Word of God. Of course we we do. And even though we have hundreds of Bible versions out there, and yes, some of them are only good for the cat to sit on, but even a fake Bible will have something good to say about the Lord. Another way God has given us light is in nature. You know, the countless numbers of animals, fishes, and birds... It's absolutely amazing. But sinful man in his sinful condition becomes a complete fool. And instead of glorifying God for his wonderful works, he calls the creation of God Mother Nature. You have to go to college to be that stupid, I think. You know that phrase, Mother Nature, is used by news reporters on TV, politicians, tree huggers, and dirt worshippers everywhere. It doesn't occur to them that in order to be, in order to have a mother nature, you got to have a father nature because that's a family right there. Paul gives a great explanation of these people in Romans chapter 1 when he says in, in verse 20, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image like made like unto corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. You think about this, how many people are dying and going to hell without hope and without God? And it's not because they don't have access to God's word, but because they are willingly ignorant. They don't want to take the time to look into these things. How many people have a Bible on a shelf somewhere at home? Even Christians. I know there are lazy Christians out there that never read the Bible. The only, the only Bible they get is what they hear from the pulpit. But we have them out there. They never read it. Job said that, that he esteemed the words of his mouth, that is the mouth of the Lord, more than his necessary food. King David compared the word of God to a lamp unto his feet and a light unto his path. In John 1 verse 5 you read that his light light lightened every, I'm sorry, that his light shined in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. Here in, in chapter 1, the Lord Jesus Christ is called the light in verses 7, 8, and 9. And he lighteth every man that cometh into the world. In John 9, verse 5, we read, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. First John 1, verse 5, This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. I'll be making a comment about that verse in a little while. The word light 
appears some 30 times in the Gospel of John alone in reference to Christ. Whenever the Bible uses any illustration, in particular this one, that is used over and over again, we should expect it to say a lot more than what we read on the pages of the Bible. There are many things that we can learn about the Lord by spending time and studying the things that he called himself. Going all the way back to the book of Genesis, you read, as you read the Bible, you begin to see that there are many references about the Lord. Some are very clear, and some you have to spend time to dig them out, but they're there. In Genesis 3.15, we read about the seed of the woman. You know, if you don't stop and think about what you're reading, you miss the clue. If you remember your biology lessons, you know that women don't have a seed. The seed is planted by the man because the seed nature is passed down to the child by the man. This is a clear reference to the virgin birth. In order for Jesus Christ to be sinless, he could not have an earthly father because, again, the sin nature is passed down to the child by the father. In Exodus 12, you, you have the Passover lamb. That's looking forward to the day when John the Baptist will point at the Lord and say, Behold the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. The tabernacle is a perfect picture, a detailed picture of Christ. Every piece of furniture in it has something to do with the Lord. The garments of the high priest and all the work that he did representing the people is an illustration of Jesus Christ. You keep reading and you find names like the lily of the valley, the rose of Sharon. Isaiah 9.6 says that he is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. Isaiah 7 14, he's Emmanuel, which is God with us. Genesis 49, 10, he's the lawgiver. Revelation 5, 5, the lion of the tribe of Judah. John 6, 35, he's the bread of life. John 10, verse 9, he's the door. John 10, 11 to 14, the good shepherd. And on and on he goes. Today we're looking at one of the many things that the Lord compared himself with, and that is light. You know, we take for granted that physical life that we enjoy every day. And everything related to physical life requires light. From animal life, to plants and trees, and human life, without light cannot exist. Even sea creatures that live in the bottom of the oceans, that never receive any light, but if the sun goes out, they will die. Everything related to life is related to light, and everything related to death is related to darkness. So let's get into this. Point one, that was the introduction, by the way, and it's free. No charge for that. Point number one is the power of light. Light provides pure energy. We know that. The greatest natural source of light is the sun. And in Malachi chapter 4 and verse 2, we read that the Lord Jesus Christ is called the Son of Righteousness. That's Son, S-U-N. And just as the sun's light is the physical source 
of our energy. Jesus Christ is the true source of our spiritual energy. Whatever we plant in the ground ultimately receives light from the energy of the sun's light. Green plants convert light energy into store energy. And when we eat the plant, we are actually consuming energy that was once light. We cannot escape the power of an energy of light, just as the power of Jesus Christ is the source of energy that keeps all things together. It is the power of the Word of God that keeps this mess from falling apart. Colossians 1 and verse 17 reads, And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Romans 11.36 reads, For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. Light is powerful in the way it moves. The scientific community tells us that light travels at approximately 186,282 miles. I don't know if that's true. Probably is. I don't know. I mean, per second, I'm sorry. 186,282 miles per second. That's fast. But when I look at these numbers, I become very skeptical. Maybe because I'm not educated. I don't understand these things, but I, I just don't believe it. Because these are the same people who tell us that the temperature of the center of the sun is about 27 million degrees Fahrenheit. How did they get that number? I don't know. You know, I'm not against science. I think science is a great thing. But when it comes to spiritual things, the scientific community, they can't help you. Most of them are evolutionists. I know for a fact that when they run into something that they don't know and don't understand, they make up long and complicated words that nobody can pronounce but themselves. Just like doctors and college professors and some Bible theologians do. To make you think that they are worth more money. You know, but I, I, I heard that they were really trying to get an accurate number of the temperature of the center of the sun. But they couldn't figure out how to do that because the sun is very hot. So they sent a scientist late at night when the sun is cool. And that's how they came up with 27 million Fahrenheit. When it comes to science and the Bible, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical. Because when I read my Bible, I learned that my God is so amazing that when he made the stars in Genesis 1.16, he, he didn't take 10 chapters to explain how he did it. You know you read in Genesis, at the end of Genesis 1.16, and he made the stars also. In five words, he tells you how, how he did it without explaining anything. You keep reading your Bible, you come to Psalm 47 and verse 4, and he tells you that God has given a name and a number to every star out there. The people who study astronomy tell us that there are more stars in the universe than there are grains of sand on planet Earth. That's a lot of stars. 
They tell us that the snowflakes that fall to the ground are different from each other. Every flake is different. You know how many it will take to cover Alaska? My God knows how many. The population on the earth right now is about 7 billion people. My Bible tells me that God knows how many hairs every person has. Unless you John Bunn, easy to count. None. But that's not all. They tell us that every person has different fingerprints. 14 billion people, that will be about 14 billion hands, and everyone is different. Different fingerprints. The little man is always shooting up little trinkets up into space looking for intelligent life. And we don't even have that here. Why look for it up there? You know, they're screaming at the top of their lungs saying, we're exploring the universe, they say. And God is laughing at them saying, you poor creature, why don't you spend your time and your money supporting missionaries and spreading the the word of God instead? So I said, let God be true and every man a liar. Let science and education catch up later. They are running at least 2,000 years behind the Bible, which means they will never catch up. Nothing in our experience can move faster than the speed of light. The speed of light is the universal, absolute standard of speed, which means nothing is faster than that. Jesus Christ is the absolute standard by which all that is righteous is measured, and there is no one on earth that can pass the test when put under the spotlight of his righteousness. Acts 17 and verse 31 reads, Because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he has ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he has raised him from the dead. He never changes his character. Hebrews 13, 8. It is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than, from, than for anything that comes out of his mouth to be changed. And even time itself is subject to Jesus Christ because he existed before there was time. And he will be alive when the heaven and the earth goes out of existence and may new again. When Jesus wants to do something, he just gets it done. He doesn't need nobody's permission. Nothing can slow him down. He just gets it done. He has absolute power and authority in heaven and in earth. Point number two is the problem of light. It is difficult to explain fully what light is. We don't know exactly what it is, but they say that this is because light has two natures. Again, the scientific community claims that they have nailed this one down. They claim that light is both particles and waves traveling at the same time, at the same speed. Again, I don't know. That's what they claim. The Bible is light years ahead of science. And no matter how hard they try, sooner or later they have to make accommodations to change their theology. Because... 
again, things are moving, new things are being discovered, science gets gets better, they claim, but God's word is consistent and never needs any accommodation because God spoke it and that's final. But again, I have my own opinions about light, and again, this is my own opinions. I believe that when the Lord compares himself to light, that is natural light and physical light, this is what I think. When the Lord Jesus Christ appears in all his glory, this is way out into the future. He will be watching, it will be like watching all the weapons of mass destruction on this world blow up at the same time right in front of your face. It will be so bright, so shocking, so amazing, so incredible, that it will be absolutely terrifying. Consider these verses. Hebrews twelve verse uh, Hebrews chapter twelve verse twenty nine for our God is a consuming fire. Have you ever seen a wildfire go out of control? Everybody runs for their lives, and if you're not fast enough, you'll die. First John 1 and verse 5, this, is, this then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. I don't believe that we fully comprehend who God is or what he is, And we take it for granted. We think that because because we say, oh, I'll accept the Lord and I'll make him my Savior. But then you look at the attitude of the people of God and we truly don't get it. 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 7. And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus Christ shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. Verse eight, uh, verse 8, in flame and fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and, to, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, the, Jesus Christ is, is, has two natures. He is all God and he is all man. It's not two gods, it's one God, one man, two natures. He's proclaimed to be the God-man, or to be God, in Isaiah 9, 6, John 1, 1, 1 Timothy 3, 16, Titus 1, 3, Hebrews 1, 8, and yet he is the man that can reconcile humanity to God the Father. In his humanity, he is all men, 1 Timothy 2, verse 5, he got tired, John 4, verse 6, he wept, John eleven thirty five. he got thirsty, John 19, 28, and he was in all points tempted like as we are, and yet without sin. Hebrews 4, 15. Point number three is the purpose of life. Light is that which makes manifest everything that is unclean. You know, you clean a window and you shine a light on it, you can see the spots you miss, or if you did a horrible job cleaning it. And I suppose this is why people hate the Bible, because God and his word are the same. When you quote the Bible, you shine in the light of Christ. You know, cockroaches, rats, and snakes, and filthy bugs hate light, 
They don't like it. You know, you go out to the woods and you flip a rock, and if you bug, you shine a light on the back, they run away. This is why bars, nightclubs, movie theaters always dim the lights. You notice that? This is the only way they can, feel, they can keep filthy, immoral sinners feel comfortable in there. If you shine the lights, they go away. Talking about the physical, without light, we couldn't see anything, we couldn't do anything, because light shows things for what they really are, and true light will never lie. If there's a scratch on a paint job, you shine a light on it, you can see it. If there is an imperfection on a diamond, you shine, you shine a light on it, and it will show it. If there is sin in your life, and if you are a child of God, you will be uncomfortable. John 3, verse 19 reads, And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. One reason the world hates the Lord Jesus Christ is because he is the light. That shows, that light shows people for what they are. And the spiritual light, when it's rejected, it becomes lightning. The Bible tells us that Satan has the power to transform himself into an, into an angel of light. Second Corinthians eleven fourteen. But he tries to glorify sin. He makes you comfortable. If you're a sinner, you don't think yourself as a sinful person on your way to hell. You don't feel that. You don't see it. Because this is a fake light. True light will expose sin and sinners. In America, less and less people are coming to Christ. I think that we can forget about revival. I don't see it coming. There will be revival to individual people, but as a nation, I don't see it coming. The fear of God is gone. People have no respect for the Bible, and the name of Christ is used in filthy conversations everywhere. And the light that we once had is now rejected. Light manifests God for who he is. Jesus testified that he came to declare and to be a witness of the Father. And he said that he bore witness of himself and the Father. He manifested God and declared the character of God to you and me. Light, when it's manifested, dissolves all fears. For an unbeliever, there, there's nothing more fearful and terrifying than physical death. Now, no one was waiting on the other side of that veil of death. It's, scary, it's a scary thing. But if you are a child of God, if you know the Lord and understand that even in the moment when you have to face death, God is there. Death for a child of God is nothing more than a doorway to be in the presence of God. God doesn't see death the way we see it. To live in darkness is a terrible thing. If you see something, but if you have 
eyesight, you can at least do something. But when you are in darkness and don't even know it, that is a tragedy. The glorious light of Jesus Christ makes all fears disappear. And if you are a child of God, you don't have to be afraid. Light makes it possible to work. In the context of this proclamation, when our Lord called himself the light of the world in John chapter 9 and verse 4, he made this statement and he said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is yet day. The night cometh when no man can work. There's a load right there that it will take time to explain it, but when our Lord made that statement, electricity didn't exist, so it was difficult to work at night. But even now, with all the advances in technology, when someone works at night, we say he or she works the graveyard shift. Why do we use that language? We do it because whether we are willing to accept it or not, we understand that it's not normal to be active at night. No, Brother Dalton made that statement a while ago from this book, and he said that only criminals and the police should be out running at night, which is true. The graveyard is for the dead. Darkness is emblematic of evil and death. Criminals prefer to commit their crimes under the cover of night when it's dark. Without light, it's almost impossible to do anything, any kind of work for the Lord, and physical work becomes impossible in, in, in a dark condition. Without the Lord Jesus Christ, anything that you do for God is meaningless. 2 Corinthians 13.5 says, Examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye, know ye not your own selves? How that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates? For us Christians who have been enlightened by the light of Jesus Christ, the one thing that we almost never think about is that before we go into the millennial kingdom, we have to face the Lord at the judgment seat of Christ. And that is a, that's one thing that I'm not looking forward to, even though my, my salvation is not in danger. But to be under the soul-piercing eyes of Jesus Christ is going to be very uncomfortable. Just think about how much light you have received. And then consider how are you using that light? What are you doing with it? You realize that, be, that there are no tears wiped away until we get to Revelation 7 and verse 17 and Revelation 21, 4. Going into the millennial kingdom without any rewards from the, from the Lord for what you have done from the moment he saved you until you take your last breath is going to be sad. It will be like being broke for a thousand years. Have you ever been broke? I can tell you what it's like. It's not good. And then think about how long has the Lord kept you alive from this, since the moment he saved you. He doesn't save anybody so he can put them on a shelf and dust them off every now and then so they can look good. He saved us so we can get busy preaching his word 
reaching out to those who are lost on the way to hell and to be active, involved in something, find something to do. It is not normal for a family member to just sit there and do nothing. Every member of every family does something and contributes something to the family. And churches consider a family. Everybody should be involved in something. You think about how much we neglect our spiritual life, how much time we waste watching the idiot box or spending wasting time on electronic devices that we neglect our spiritual nourishment. Works without Christ are worthless. It's like trying to paint a picture in the dark. You can't do it. But all every kind of work is worthwhile when you see what you're doing. And we can do the work, the work that God has called us to do. Hell is going to be a horrible place. The absence of all the things that make life pleasant are not going to be there. Not being able to see anything around you is agonizing. Imagine spending eternity in a total dark place without hope and without God. When you reject the light, eventually that light will be your judge and executioner. When trying to witness to people and dealing with their sin problem, they always find ways to excuse themselves and justify what they're doing. Your Bible is about 70% negative. Let's put it that way. When I got saved, the first thing that I got is the Bible is a very bloody book. And there are many themes in the Bible, but the main theme of the Bible is a king and his kingdom. And that's the fight. When God takes an x-ray of humanity, there's nothing good there. When he takes an x-ray of the human heart, it's proven without question that the best of best of any man that calls himself to be good is altogether sinful and deserving of judgment. But what are some of the ways that we sin against God? Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Rejection is one of the ways we sin. If you're listening today to the preaching of God's word and you walk out of here, if you're unsaved, and if death shall surprise you in the next few hours with your sins on you, it would have been better for you to stay home and never get out of bed because now you go into a place without Christ and without hope. And you will regret it because you heard the truth and you rejected it. You will reg- you'll regret that decision unwise decision of rejecting eternal life. You know, two days of every year, two days a year, we get a large attendance in this church. And I suppose it's like that in every church. You know? You unsafe family members and mine, they go to church. Christmas, and Easter. Say, yeah, we go to church. Good, good deed for the year. 
And we rejoice to see them. We hope that they might repent on that day. Who knows? But you don't see them again until Christmas. After Easter, you don't see them again until Christmas. Sometimes they come, sometimes they don't. But they are Christ's rejectors. We know that. To be willingly ignorant of the word of God is sinful. And like I said, in America, we have no excuse. Every person has access to the Bible. But people spend more time staring at the idiot box and wasting time on electronic devices instead of reading and studying the Word of God. The Bible tells us that to him who much is given, much shall be required. Let's face it. If you ask the average man on the street, they all say that they're going to heaven. And then you ask, on what basis you say that you're going to heaven? They tell you that they're good husbands, they're good wives, that they're good employees, they pay their taxes on time. They base their salvation on the things they do. They have never opened a Bible to read what's in it. You average man on the street is no more saved than the Pope. And I say that there is no hope for the Pope. True biblical Christianity is getting more and more difficult to find. And God has begun to turn out the light on us. What you hear in churches nowadays is counseling. Instead of preaching. You hear about, from pulpits, you hear about the 12-step program on how to get along with your mother-in-law. And I'm not saying that it's wrong not to get along with your mother-in-law. It's a good thing because she might give you poison when she have you over for dinner. But, you know, get along with her. But that's what you hear. The church is supposed to be a light in the world because in a dark night, even a tiny light makes a difference. The world is in darkness and people are looking for answers looking for something that will give them hope. And you see them everywhere. They drown their problems with drugs and alcohol. Nobody has the answers to their problems. Most people have lost the fear of God from our leaders in government who have the nerve to put one hand on the Bible and and hold the other one up. And right there, while they're taking possession of the highest office in the land, they're lying. So what do we do in a dark and dying world? As a Christian, you should know that Jesus Christ himself said that in this world, we will have tribulations. We're not there yet. You know, we still have the freedom to go to church. We can still drive around. You can say just about about just about anything you want without getting shot. I say that there has never been a better time in history to serve the Lord. The prophets of the Old Testament never received any information about the church. And this was a complete mystery to them. We occupy a very special time, a very special place in the plan of God for eternity. We should be busy. We should get busy. Who knows the way things are going. The rapture might take place in our lifetime. That would be nice. 
You know, the world hates Christians. They would like to get rid of us. And God is going to grant their wish one of these days. God himself is going to get his people out of here one of these days. I hope I live long enough to see that. And then Satan will have a heyday for a while. For about 2,000 years, the world has been rejecting Jesus Christ. And God the Father is going to return their favor. Enough light has been revealed to you. God has demonstrated that he loves humanity. And he's still in the business of saving sinners. If you're not saved, let us help you. One of these days, God is going to turn out the light completely. And when that happens, you don't want to be here. Let us pray. My Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for allowing me to preach your word. Father, again, we continue to pray for our pastor and Pam. Pray, Lord, that you will give us the wisdom to do what is right, to carry on your work. Pray for the different different countries around the world that are suffering in these wars. Lord, we pray for Christians overseas that are fighting for their lives. Pray that you will give them comfort. And if we can help in any way, Lord, help us to understand their needs and be available. Pray for the men in this church, Lord, who take their, their time out of the busy schedules to work on sermons and preach them, Lord. Pray for Brother Tabor tonight, Lord, that he will do a great job as he always does. We pray that you will bless us and bless you people. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Brian Baptist Church of Roner Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Brian Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Roner Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us online at www.bebaptist.org.